Welcome to the One Life Maps podcast. Here's your host and co-author of Listen to My Life, maps for recognizing and responding to God in my story, Sharon Swing. Greetings, everyone. This is Sharon Swing, along with Sybil Towner. Hi, everyone. And Joan Kelly. Hey, everyone. Yeah, Sybil Towner is the co-author of Listen to My Life, Maps for Recognizing and Responding to God in My Story, a series of life mapping materials along with me. And Joan Kelly is our Director of Facilitator Development because people use these materials with other people, uh, life coaches and um, spiritual directors and counselors and people in church spiritual development kind of professions. So this particular episode is uh, about map number seven out of eight that are in the Listen to My Life, Maps for Recognizing and Responding to God in My Story portfolio of visual maps that help people map their life story for the purpose of spiritual development and meaningful action. And Life-Giving Rhythms is the name of this map. And we describe it as a visual map for staying attuned and responsive to God. And it kind of, there's a central verse that we're drawing from as we talk about keeping company with Jesus, which is kind of the subtitle of this particular map. So Joan, would you read Matthew 11, 28 through 30 from the message? Yes, I will. It says, are you tired, worn out, burned out on religion? Come to me, get away with me, and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me, and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. Mm. I, I just so love the phrasing of that particular oh goodness, yes. passage in this. So, Sybil, say a few words about keeping company with Jesus. Well, first and foremost, it's a relationship. And so when you think about a relationship, just think about relationships that you formed, you know, a chance meeting uh, in, a, in a work setting or uh, in a classroom or a study buddy or uh, a new neighbor moved in, uh, a sport um, that you played or a musical group that you were a part of. How did it happen? You just began to ask each other questions and you got to know each other and then you uh, you practiced listening to each other because uh, there's a poem by um, Shel Silverstein that goes like this on friendship. I'll tell you how you and I can be friends forever. I tell you what to do and you do it. And uh, <laughs> that's a one-sided friendship, but it is the kind of friendship some people have. And it's actually the kind of friendship that some people feel in that would, that it is with Jesus that, you know, just listen, I'll tell you what to do and you do it. And it just isn't that at all. And it's why I think many have avoided it or try to be performance oriented in their relationship with Jesus. He created us out of a longing to be with us. And that longing to be with him is in us. Mm-hmm. So when, when you talk about, I'll show you how to take a real rest, it's not a list of to-do things. And I can remember when um, Sharon and I first did this map, and then I did it in a church, and people felt initially like it was a to-do list. 
and, and that. And we went back and looked at this map and put on it on the first question, how might I name my desire to grow my relationship with God? And so that's, I think that's what we do in a, in a human friendship. And since we've been created in God's image and God who is actually perfect and desires perfectly to be with us will teach us how to do this. So it, it, it happens the way we are with people. It happens in things that we do by ourselves. It happens in the way we interact with creation um, it happens in the way we act with people who are called by his name. And it happens in the way we are with our enemies. I love that you guys, when you went back and redid the map and you added that desire piece at the bottom. And if you look at the image of the map, it's a tree, right? Yes. And like, yes. that's where the roots are, are grabbing water from the stream going by there. It's our desire is the roots of our relationship with God. Yes. And the spiritual practices that this map is all about are beautiful, but they are just a means by which we develop that relationship. Yeah. And, and remember, Listen to My Life is a set of visual maps where there are these picture metaphors with questions on them that, that invite us to write, doodle, draw, whatever we want, paste pictures on, whatever, um, to these maps to help us um, be self-aware and God-aware. And, um, and others aware. Yeah, and there's this, there's this aspect when we get to, to, to doing this work to recognize that in Christendom, we ne haven't necessarily over time in at least the traditions I grew up, being God aware through scripture and thinking about scripture rightly was very, very highly valued. Being self-aware was, was like naval, you know, people used to call it navel gazing. And, um, but the realization that I can't really be terribly God aware if I'm not self-aware. Mm -hmm. And, um, and then there's this relationship we enter into because if we're not self-aware, how do we bring our true selves to that relationship with God and have real conversations with him? And how do I even know what my desire for my relationship with God is? And um, Joan mentioned this, this tree that forms this, uh, yeah. the central picture of this map. And of course, it's by a stream of living right because we're, we're referencing Psalm 1, um, verses one through three there, but it ends with, they are like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither, whatever they do prospers. And so, yes, what are we drawing from in the midst yes. of this? And that's where spiritual practice is. And that's not a phrase I came across until later, <laughs> later on, uh, not necessarily in the church I grew up in this, the idea of, yeah. of spiritual practice that puts us in a rhythm of being that flows out into doing eventually. Yes. But so how do you define spiritual practice, Sybil? Well, a spiritual practice is something that I, uh, I do that opens me to listening and responding to God. And sometimes it actually is something I don't do. 
I, 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 so I stop talking, you know, I, I, I stop my list of all I'm asking God for and say, is there anything you'd like to have me know? And I might be walking or might be quiet and give him room to, to speak with me. So a spiritual practice opens me to the fact that God is present. And, you know, uh, you mentioned it, um, uh, you mentioned it before or have mentioned it with this. It's on our list. Adele Calhoun wrote um, a book on spiritual what is it? Uh, spiritual, spiritual Disciplines Handbook. Uh, spiritual Disciplines Handbook. And there's a new 10-year edition, and I think there are 66 spiritual practices I in think it. I interviewed uh, Adele oh. for this oh. podcast not terribly long ago, and I think there's it's in the third edition, and there's like 88, oh, 88. listed oh, wow. now, um, because she keeps being... being becoming aware of more because people keep telling her this is how I connect with God and then to be able to flesh that out that there are so many different options and of course we're not supposed to do all of them that would be like trying to well that would be being burnt down around religion I think Mm -hmm. but anyway (laughs) this uh this way of being that fits who we are and what's going on in our lives right now and what is most important it, um, and what our lingering question is that yes. we're working with uh, this portion of our life. So when you think about that, think about human development. And in human development, the first five years is all big muscle movement. And children get all the big ideas about God. So I would take if someone is coming to this work in their adult years, and that, that I'd say the big ideas, and, and it's what we have on the back page of every map. Remember, um, say it for me, but God loves you, or you're a beloved son or daughter of the Most High God. Be listening for him. He will bless you to be a blessing. So that's the, you know, that's the first announcement. To come to this map without that, I, what would invite me to come to into a relationship? Somebody has already initiated love and my spiritual practice is actually responding out of that love. To access that love. Yes. Yes. To hear it, to, to be taken by it. And uh, so, so then you just know children begin to learn words. And so their words then often come in songs and they're just, I think children just sing. And the one of the most beloved songs begins, Jesus loves me. You know, this I know in the pages of the scripture, it's not telling me all the things I did wrong. It's, it's, it actually just keeps announcing his love. So I'd say the first thing, it's just about anybody. What is a practice that opens you up to hearing he loves you? So it's really just creating a space for listening and being listened to by God, right? Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. It's, a be- it's-, it's a being with. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And for, for some people that looks like... Um, on a daily basis, doing a quiet time. And that's usually the one practice that we're handed when we become a Christian. 
mm-hmm. um, is somebody says, you know, go find a chair and read the Bible for it's Bible reading and quiet time. And so it is, um, it is the, it's the standard rhythm, not a bad practice whatsoever. It's just that there are a whole lot more options than that as well. Yes. Mm-hmm. And yeah. scripture will be a, a part of many of them. Yes. Um, and I wouldn't, I wouldn't delete scripture as part of a regular rhythm in the midst no. of that. But you know what I would say, and, and that is, is what, what that example of the Bible, of the quiet time did, it tends to put it into a box. And, and so, so keep getting out of the box and saying, all right, what would a quiet time look like if I went out in creation? What would a quiet time look like if I played the piano? What would a quiet time look like if I just closed my eyes and stilled my body? So keep letting it get out of the box. So, and I think you said this, Sharon, but it's a great place to begin, but it is a poor place to start. And what happens is there are some of us who love to check off the box and, um, but that only lasts for a few decades. Okay. I, I get tired of checking off the box and then I just stop. Right. I remember, uh, having a conversation with somebody that was in one of our early workshops who said that it had been her practice to do the read the Bible in a year, yeah. every year for the past 20 some years. And, um, for somebody like me, that would, that would be like a punishment, not a delight. Um, <laughs> quite honestly. Um, and because you have to read such huge chunks of the text, um, I'm not sure I would be able to um, have the patience to then sit with it and then have pieces come to the surface that mean something to me. It'd be, be almost, that would feel like a checklist. And in fact, a lot of the read the Bible in a year plans are checklists. And for some people, yes. it's incredibly useful, but to not move past trying some other pieces to it um, for me would not be life-giving for other people. It might be incredibly good. Yes. But it also discounts my life. So I've just gotten a bad cold. You know, I'm in bed. I'm, I'm now I'm one week behind. Haven't been able to read. Oh my gosh. How do I catch up? I, I, so uh, so the aspect, what happens in some of those programs, grace is missing. So show up. You know, we've designed this for a year, but you know what? For some of you, it may take two years. That's fine. But just stay with it. Just stay. Some of you are slow readers. Read half the portion. But just continue to come to him through his word. And that's the other thing that we've done. We've taken the Bible and we've iconized. We have worshipped the Bible, not a relationship with Jesus. Right. And, and it's, it's been said time and time again that creation is the first Bible. Mm-hmm. Yes. And there is something about being in nature um, that, there's so just so many metaphors in nature 
that are available to us where God can whisper to our souls. And I mean, I've experienced that in spades, you know, on a five day backpacking trip um, with a few women in a way that, you know, and it was kind of, it was a five day deal, but it was the, it took me five days to really sense that I had connected with God because he was showing up for with me and for me in a way I didn't expect. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so, but there were pieces of metaphors along the way that were like breadcrumbs. And, and it's not that I didn't recognize the, those particular pieces along the way, but I had to be there for five days in this very quiet um, environment, uh, taking a very muddy hike yeah. <laughs> on the well, Superior Trail. Uh, yes, uh, <laughs> slogging yes. through yes. <laughs> through this hike with yeah. you know forty pounds on our backs. But um, but one of the things I noticed in the midst of 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 nature, especially up there, it was very very wet, and it's um, there's a lot of fallen trees, and there's a lot of moss, and there's a lot of um, of decay lots and lots of decay in the forest, but that new life is springing forth out of the midst of the decay. And that's where the moss grows is on, is on the stuff that's died already, you know? Mm -hmm. And um, a lot of the trees for some reason or another, they fall. um, And there's a stump that might be like three feet tall that the outs, the, the, the bark, um, lasts longer than the inside of the of the of the the stump and then all of this new life springs up in the middle of it so you look down into it it's like somebody planted a fairy garden in there for god's sake <laughs> you know with the moss and and a few rocks and a I, few mushrooms like and, a, and a few bugs and yeah. that are living in there and all and it's like somebody just rearranged you know just arranged these beautiful little micro scenes in the midst of it and you know it's just since god whispering to my soul is like yes things die and new things grow and that's how it works yes and there was just this sense of of being okay with the cycle that life takes in a different kind of way and that's how god spoke to you that day that's how the relationship was building it was in the midst of creation i mean creation does it speaks volumes i mean think about the rhythms of life the rhythms we see in the seasons and what we notice as we pay attention to who god is by just sitting and being in creation right well and 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 one of the things one of the practices that you just issued forth was a bit of an extended time and that, and that is a practice where you put yourself out of your normal rhythm of life. And what happened at, um, in remembering a bit of that trip as you uh, shared it, um, you, w- there was some danger. And you had to <laughs> face, was. yes, I mean, you had to face, you had to face danger. So there's fear. You had to face um, some, uh, some fear in that. Um, you had to work together. Uh, I mean, what happens on a five-day trip, somewhere along the line, you lose it. This, it is a, this is a given. 
so yes so the you can call the whole five-day trip a spiritual practice in and of itself and yes we had all these micro spiritual practices in the midst of them yeah because 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 in the practice of, of what we were doing was we were we were journaling each day and and also having some some quiet sitting in a particular spot just looking and seeing what's there and and taking some things in but back to this particular map because my gosh uh we could go on forever with this but big point here is that the idea of spiritual practice is any way that you can recognize and respond to God. Any, yes. any way you might be able to access his love for you and be able to have an open stance toward hearing his, his still small voice in your spirit. Yeah. And the first thing he's going to say to you is I love you. And if you start hearing something else first, just consider the source. Right. And I think, I mean, yeah, for me too, part of this is overlaying these spiritual practices to the point where all of life is spiritual practice, right? Yes. So the way you get up in the morning and the way you greet the day and the way you brush your teeth and the way you, you know, make your lunch for the kids for their school lunches, all of those things, the way you enter a meeting and the way that you are in community with those in that meeting, those can all be and are spiritual practices. But there's yes. there has to be that subtle shift of, oh, I'm going to engage with God in the way that I do all of my life all day long. Yes. It's not when I close my Bible and get up from my quiet yes. time, it's over. It's no. just, that's just that's just the part that that might prime the pump for us to be able to help recognize and respond to him the rest of mm-hmm. the yes. day and the night. And yeah. and I, I'm somebody in some churches probably not going to like me, but um, this is a place where we take responsibility for our lives. And what happens is somebody comes and does this map. They begin to say, here are some practices. Here's what I'm drawn to. I'm actually drawn to running. Mm-hmm. Huh. That's a spiritual, that could be a spiritual practice. I'm drawn to that. Um, how have God and I connected? Maybe we need to uh, kind of freshen that connection. Maybe I've just kind of gotten, I've shown up, but I haven't really brought all of myself or reframing things that I've done or dealing with a, a dealing with a um, uh, dealing with a negative pattern. But, um, but the key is that the church has just come up with this Bible reading program or they've come up with this new thing they want me to do that overlays something that I've taken responsibility for in my life where I am. And to be able to say, wait a minute, what is the church really asking? They're asking me to get in the Bible. I'm in the Bible. Thank you. I mean, thank you for reminding me to be in the Bible, Mm -hmm. but I don't have to follow suit for some people that will be the exact thing that gets them started but for those who are a bit more uh, along the journey to not take responsibility for what they need and and to not do too much mm-hmm. really to do to do less and to enter it more deeply and more fully so it becomes like Joan like you said it just becomes a part of my life 
uh, a breath prayer becomes a part of my life, I don't have to practice it. It prays itself, Mm -hmm. but I have to select one thing and live with it long enough that it has room to invade the whole of my being. Right. And then expand that um, to some of the daily activities to reframe them as, as opportunities to connect with God as well. So let me go back to the map for a second. We start with this question of how might I name my desire to grow my relationship with God? And then we move um, over my lifetime in what circumstances have I been aware of God's presence in my life? And then how do I, how do God and I currently connect? Which spiritual practices am I drawn toward? And in the midst of this map, we have a list of a bunch of spiritual practices that are helpful um, to, to, to take a look at, and then we can investigate further. Um, and then what spiritual practices invite God to change my negative patterns? And then what daily activities might I reframe as spiritual practices? So for example, I can wash the dishes in a way that is not just an annoyance, but a way of being able to slow down, to be able to to review my day, to be able to review the conversation at the dinner table, to think about and pray about um, the people in my lives, uh, in my life that that I love and pray for their concerns. Um, You know, I can do those daily activities in a way that that become a, a prayer a connection or a way of listening. And then the last uh, question on the map is what's my next step. And um, basically to be able to reconsider how I do spiritual practice. A lot of, a lot of moms that that I've, that I've listened to, and I know a lot of moms that you all have listened to, you two have listened to as well. They get to being a new mom and they realize whatever spiritual practice they had is out the window you know, in terms of being able to, to not be interrupted or the time that they might have, have been used to taking, whatever it is, is, um, is, my gosh, for this season of my life, I've got to do something different. Yeah, the, um, uh, I say, I often say to a, a mother or father of young children, um, I mean, one of the current books is the Jesus Bible storybook. That may be your Bible reading as well as your children's. So enter it with them and savor that and say, what is in it for me as a child of God? And And I think the other thing, Sharon, as you were talking, you kind of got to that last question that's on on the map, like, what is my next step? And even, you know, we're talking about these young parents of picking one thing. It's going to be easy to go, oh, there's 88 practices in Adele's book. (laughs) Um, Pick one thing. For me, kind of what these questions do is they kind of help me narrow down kind of like a funnel. What are some things I might want to move towards because I have an interest in them or because I've done them in the past, or maybe there's something new I'm experiencing, or maybe there is a practice that's going to address a negative pattern that I have within me. And Mm -hmm. as I look at all those things on the map, I can kind of narrow down and go, oh, here's a couple that I might want to look at in the next few months, or here's one small practice that I can incorporate. So really this map is about helping you 
sort some of yeah. those things out so that you can move towards one thing. Yeah. And, and I, think, I think with that, the, the second question, over my lifetime, in what circumstances have I been aware of God's presence in my life? You know, something um, that um, Walter Wangren said is, all children begin the dance of life with divine deity. But what happens is someone doesn't help them name their experience, and it gets lost along with their lisps. And so when we listen to someone's story, the church they grew up in, if they grew up in a church or didn't grow up in a church, they've still been created in God's image. And they had something that had, this is what um, um, a cat, Cindy or Kathy Lacey had in her book, Spiritual Conversations with Children, but it had wonder and it had a ping. It had, it had a beauty to it, but since no one helped them name it, it got lost along with their lisps. And that's the power of this question of, of it might have been something that wasn't affirmed in the church. I might have been in a plain, kind of a plain um, speaking or um, decord church setting or home and I love beauty and color and when I uh, when I came to that I never associated it with God but something came alive in me and to be able to affirm that and invite somebody back into that space um, with some form of practice that uh, opens them to to what we talked about when we did the peaks uh, map what is unique in their relationship with God? This is where God knows me. Mm -hmm. This is where I am known. Do you know when that happens to a person, when they have that knowing, you cannot take that away from them. You can be cruel to them and you cannot, they do not lose that. Mm. That is there. I think that I want to um, I want to come back to one of the quotes that we've used from Richard Foster that mm. makes part of the point that we've got here. It says, by themselves, spiritual disciplines can do nothing. They only get us to the place where something can be done. They are God's means of grace. God has ordained the disciplines of the spiritual life as the means by which we place ourselves where he can bless us. Yeah, which means to be present to us. Yeah. And so we're not trying to say that you do these and this is going, you know, the result will be yes. X, Y, Z, except for the yeah. fact that these are just the means that help us to tune ourselves in to what God is up to mm -hmm. already. And, and it, it's a means yes. by not miss, it's a means to not miss out. It's, it's yes. putting you in the presence of. Right. It's yes. the means that puts you in the presence of and, and allows we, you to be attentive, as you said, Sharon. Yes. And and that he there isn't a person he doesn't want to be present to. Mm -hmm. Right. And you know, the, the other quote that uh, maybe we can end with here is um, by Pierre Tellard de Chardin, and it's we are not human beings on a spiritual journey, but we are spiritual beings on a human journey. And it just, that speaks when you get into the thought process of it as, as the expansiveness of what we're talking about, because sometimes we lose sight of the fact that we're spiritual beings on a human experience. Yes. 
Yeah, we're we learning just need to, to reframe that. Human. Yeah, right. And yeah. Uh, and the spiritual practices help us to be awake to that on a regular basis. That okay. we are made to be with God, and we are we are of God. He made us to yes. let us be um, a means of actually blessing to the world. And if we don't quite understand that that's the adventure we're on, um, we can make an epic adventure into something pretty small. Hmm. So anything else you want to say in closing on this particular life-giving yeah. rhythms map, map number seven? Uh, <clears throat> I think I, I want to just reiterate what uh, Joan said. Choose one thing. Choose one thing and engage it. I'm going to take a walk, whatever it is, and let that have its savor and taste and goodness in your life. Mm. And for me, I think the thing, I, I kind of come back to that idea where we started of keeping company with Jesus. Mm. That's what this is about. If I can start there and let everything be an outflow of that. Right. Start with the being and the doing will happen uh, as an outflow. Mm-hmm. I think the thing that's coming to the surface for me out of this conversation is putting in our pl- ourselves in a place where we might be able to sense God's love for us. Because if we know we are loved, it's going to take care of a lot of other problems that we oh. might have during the day. You know, oh my in gosh. Of, you... And what we're trying to get from other people mm-hmm. or, you know, just, it's just a way of, of receiving God's love yes. and grace so we can actually be grace filled people as we go about our days. Oh my gosh, that you've said it. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, I guess we're done. Well, thanks for joining us. <laughs> I, I mean, she I, said I, that I, a while ago, Sharon. And then, yeah, um, should we should we have led with that? I don't know. Well, we but, did. We said it. We said it several <laughs> times. But for you to bring it back around, that is what releases worry. Mm-hmm. Because that the the aspect of worry is who will take care of me? Does somebody love me? Am I abandoned? That that's what causes all of that. When you and when you get into that knowing space, that I mean, really the knowing, it it slips away. All the striving starts to slip yes. away. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Mm. So yeah, you're being you're being invited into something here and um you can get there without the life-giving rhythms map, but if it would be helpful for you, you can, uh, you can engage in that. Um, yes. You know, in the Listen to My Life maps for recognizing and responding to God in my story portfolio, there are eight maps. This is number seven um, because we want, it used to actually be the last map in the series <laughs> because we figured after, after you get into this uh, rhythm of, and way of being, then what else is there? But we did. We we added a conclusion map called following forward. But um, but this particular map, it, you can you can if you're a facilitator of some sort, doing workshops or doing classes in a church, or a coach, or a counselor, or a spiritual director, um, you can buy a stack of these and and run a workshop around it if you want to, or you can buy the entire portfolio and go through the whole thing with us. Uh, we'll we'll have some more um, virtual classes starting this year, 
Um, so go to onelifemaps.com and find out more about when we're starting those virtual uh, coaching groups where we get a group of people really like the one we're doing right now. We have people from all over the world um, that are joining in and, and building such sweet community and encouraging community and um, uh, learning to listen to one another's story and people feeling heard and because they've been able to share their stories in ways that, uh, that help them to make sense of their own story, but also become an encouragement to other people. So we'd love to have mm. you join us for any of that. So um, yeah, that's about it. So let's go ahead and sign off. So we'll, mm. well, just great to be with you. Pick a rhythm and live into it. Mm. Blessings to you all. Yeah, that was John Kelly, and this is Sharon Swing signing off. Just, we just want to invite you because we know that what happens when people engage in these spiritual practices, um, when people move through the process of listening to my life, good things happen. God meets them in the midst of them taking the steps to enter into something that helps them to be self-aware and God-aware and... Um, I'm just hoping that you find your rhythm uh, for this next season soon. Many blessings, everyone. This podcast is sponsored by OneLifeMaps.com, creators of unique visual life mapping materials titled, Listen to My Life, Maps for Recognizing and Responding to God in My Story. Go to OneLifeMaps.com to purchase your Listen to My Life portfolio of visual life maps. While you're there, check out our upcoming virtual coaching groups, live workshops, and options for you to facilitate the Listen to My Life experience with others. That's onelifemaps.com. O-N-E-L-I-F-E-M-A-P-S.com. Please subscribe, rate, review, and share this podcast with others. You can help support this podcast and the work of One Life Maps by supporting us on Patreon. Go to www.patreon.com slash onelifemaps to pledge $5 or more per month and get weekly audio meditations to help you recognize and respond to God in your story. Thank you for tuning in to the One Life Maps podcast. Until next time, make the most of this one life that you've been gifted. Mm -hmm.